Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Wrap-Up. We are back. Uh, I know Sahal was back a couple days ago. I'm back with Keon today after the All-Star break, the Raptors' second game back, where they beat the Detroit Pistons 95-91 in a 12 p.m. early morning start. Um, And this was a Pistons team without Cade Cunningham, without... Uh, a bunch of players, uh, let's just Durin. say. De- yeah, without Jalen Duran. Um, they were missing some key players for sure. But I just want to start by saying that I know that's the excuse maybe Raptors fans will have with this one. The Raptors barely sneak a win away from an injured Pistons team, one of the worst teams in the league. But hey, every win at this point in the season is a good win. It's a big win when you're the Raptors and you're you're climbing for a playoff spot and the NBA is good. Even injured teams are good and can win any given night. So I thought it was a good win for the Raptors, even though it was not anywhere close to a perfect game. Um, but yeah, they, they did it with the defense. Um, I don't know if you're ready to talk yet. Keon, give me a heads up when you are, but uh, yeah, it should be what? Good. I'm okay, good. I'm yeah. Good. Like, yeah, I want to get to Siakam soon, but they did this game with the defense holding the Pistons to 91 points, and that's just not something we could say about the Raptors many times in in this season, which the offense has been kind of surprisingly ahead of the defense. So what have you been seeing with the defense since the Pirtle acquisition? What did you see tonight with the Raptors' defense uh, that gave them a chance to, again, hold the Pistons to 40% shooting, 25% from three? and get the win um i think part of that has to do with just detroit's shot making tonight i mean they don't have the greatest of players obviously but to go with purtle it just feels like the like the defense overall has always been super uh open to taking risks getting turnovers forcing turnovers and having a guy like purtle just escalates that because they have somebody behind them that they can trust to protect the rim where in the past they haven't had any type of rim protection. So his, his just presence in the paint alone, just, I know he, he got dunked on a couple times, but just the fact that he's willing to stay in the paint, the fact that he's he, most of the time, he's going to give you a great contest in the paint. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> I meant to remove that, not you. <laughs> <laughs> it allows you to be aggressive. And I think that's just since he's been acquired, it's just this defense has taken a, a whole new step, um, even offensively with them as well, which we'll get to later. For sure. Um, I just wanted to show a couple of the defensive plays. Um Pirtle, you kind of mentioned, I agree. He gave a good quote about how different it is learning the defense here compared to in San Antonio when he was kind of asked to play really traditionally conservative drop back defense. And here he said it's like the opposite. Like he almost is, 
he almost is told to play out of position at times in order for his defense or his teammates to recover for him. And basically their, their whole idea of the Raptors is to speed up the opponent. And it, it has helped everyone be aggressive around Pirtle and still kind of have that backstop at the rim. If, if you go for a steal and you don't come up with it, Pirtle is still going to be there. So it makes a ton of sense uh, when he's playing defense. When he's not on the floor, the Raptors haven't been great on defense. But um, in the fourth quarter, to start the fourth quarter, Pirtle was off. Scotty and Precious really uh, finally kind of showed up. They were slow to start in this one, both of them, I thought. But they, they along with a bench unit, showed up in the start of the fourth quarter and kind of erased a Detroit deficit. And that was that was definitely huge. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, defense. And this is honestly a natural progression because I thought the Raptors best defender today, best defender on the floor, best player on the floor. Not even close. Both teams was Pascal Siakam. Mm-hmm. Three steals, two blocks, a ton more deflections that I think turned into Raptors turnovers. Here's one on Bogdanovich. And I was saying to some media people at the game yesterday, correct me or tell me if you agree or disagree i think pascal is like firmly a top five transition player in the league right now like when you think about his finishing combined with his playmaking and transition the raptors are an elite transition team this year and when you think about why who else is really good in transition on this team like siakam is really leagues ahead of everyone they find him every time in transition to make decisions and i just feel like he he's there for me right now. He doesn't really make mistakes in transition. I have to think about it, but he's definitely one of the best in the league. And it just feels yeah. like every time he has the ball, he's just like, he's going to make the right play when compared to other guys on this team, like Gary, when he has the ball in transition, you kind of know what he's going to do with it. He's going to go and he's going to take a, uh, a shot. I'm not, I'm not, it could be a bad shot. It could be a good shot, but he's going to take it. But Pascal, he always seems to make the right play in transition. It's just super important for a team like us, especially tonight without Fred, who's one of our main uh, half-court creators. We have to score in transition, and that's exactly what he did tonight. Yeah, like Giannis is, to me, obvious number one mm-hmm. transition player. LeBron used to be very high. I do think he's taken a step back this year. Mm-hmm. So, And then uh, – someone mentioned Tyrese Maxey but like Maxey isn't a playmaker so I think it's a lot easier to scheme against him in transition even though he is elite as, as a one-man break um mm-hmm. so yeah I can't honestly think of that many guys other than Giannis who are like clear-cut ahead of Pascal for me in the comments let me know honestly I'm curious if people have ideas um but let's talk about Pascal he dropped 29 points in a night where the Raptors only got 95 points. So that's a third of their points. <laughs> um, he nine of 19 shooting 10 of 13 from the free throw line. I thought that was huge. His ability to get there eight rebounds, five assists, three steals, two blocks, and just a, a really her- Herculean two way effort from start to finish. I thought mm-hmm. without Pascal this game, I think the Raptors would have been blown out by the Pistons just because no one had it going other than him. Like Barnes and Precious got better as it, it went on. Gary hit some shots, but that's because they were just force feeding him. He was the only shooter available. Pascal was the only great Raptor tonight. And I got some great clips you clipped um, because he made the the Pistons defense just twice, literally do circles tonight several times. 
Uh, so what were you seeing from Pascal's offensive game tonight? Offensively, he just seemed like the only player who woke up today for this early game. He was he was just going right to the cup every single possession at the start. Everyone seemed like they were trying to play a little passive. He was just going right at the Pistons defense. He was drawing fouls early. And after that, he was just able to do whatever he wanted with the ball in his hands. I know it seems like if you look at his stats, it just seems like another Pascal game. Like it feels like something we've seen a lot, but Mm -hmm. you have to actually watch to see the impact he had and the way he just put this team on his back tonight. Because like you said, there was nobody else except maybe Scotty in the fourth quarter and precious who, who, uh, rose to the occasion a little bit. OG had six points on two of seven. He looked pretty invisible apart from a couple drives to the paint. Um, and Pirtle's not really going to be create for himself. So it was really only Pascal tonight. And at, when he was in the post, there was a play. He uh, got it in the post. Boyan comes in. As soon as he sees that help come, he finds Gary uh, for an open look. He had it going. He was masterful tonight. And it's just great. He's been like that ever since the All-Star break. And it's what the Raptors are going to need if they're going to make a push to get into this playoff race. Yeah. Definitely. I think the most impressive part for me is that like his jumper wasn't even going down tonight for the most part. And his handle has just gone to such a point that even if the defense knows he's driving, he's still super hard to stop. And so I'll I'll play a couple of clips. This one I already show, but this is him making livers fall and then getting the and one. And then this one was a bit later in the game. Uh, no, that, this one I actually just before where he turns around Marvin Bagley Jr. to a little 360. This one, his jumper did go. Um, mm-hmm. But most of his buckets were either at the rim or free throws. Um, so like you mentioned, he was relentless, just attacking downhill, using the dribble to turn guys around and and, and shift um, and just get past his man. And then obviously finding his teammates as well. He only had five assists, but like the Raptors just could not shoot today. Which, honestly, I feel like is the reason this was a a good win for them. Like, you're going to have nights where your team can't shoot. Um, And and the Raptors team is just not built to have one of their three shooters out. And Fred has been out for a a couple days. OG didn't have it going. He's 0 for 2. And Gary didn't have it going, but they kept finding him because he was the only guy willing to take threes. Mm -hmm. And they kept getting him good looks. And I guess he he did just enough to kind of help them. But... I thought tonight, night, yeah. yeah, I thought tonight might have been like a Wiz Camp game, just because mm. they were so desperate for someone to get on the floor to space out a little bit. But I don't know if you have any thoughts about just kind of this game was definitely an example of their lack of shooting being present. But I I think they still got a, they still found a way to win, and they're gonna have to do that more down the stretch of the season because. This just isn't a great three-point shooting team. No, and I think part of that is Fred, Fred's absence. I feel like he just opens up the floor in the half court a little bit more just because, especially lately, he's been so – he's been just so good with the ball in his hands, just in the pick and roll with Pirtle, finding shooters. He had a career high in assists uh, in his last game he even played. Um, You. If he's out there, I feel like the Raptors' offense just feels way more balanced. It's kind of that same thing we were talking about before Pirtle, where it didn't seem balanced. You know, you needed that big guy. But now you also need that that point guard who can um, roll the offense out and um, really be a 
a, a floor general. That's the word I can put my finger on it. But a floor general, and once you have both of those guys in with the wings that we have, I think that will help the the shooting a little bit more in the offense and whole uh, in general. Definitely, I think in general the last two games have been a pretty good endorsement for Fred because the mm-hmm. Raptors defense has been good, but their offense has been really bad. Like the ball movement has completely gone away um everything has been on pascal's shoulder pretty much to initiate stuff um they they desperately need him back for the shooting yes but also for the playmaking honestly just as much it feels like right now he's really improved as a playmaker um who else do you want to talk about on the raptors or is there a schematic thing you saw today or just like yeah one of these players we haven't gotten to yet i did like that one a little bit in this one obviously yep. the, the big issue with him is he had two wide open threes today like you you want to see him knock down those wide open looks mm-hmm. but when he came into the game he really made ivy work for everything out there he was picking up full court and that's just the type of effort we need out there from him i i liked his play a lot today and it seems like nick likes him a lot last two games he's been playing over flynn he's been playing over banton and i'm not entirely against it i know you need a little bit of offense from the backup guard but I mean, he had a tough and one today as well. And I just like the energy he brings off the bench. He, it feels like when he comes in, he doesn't look out of place. He comes in and he plays his role and the Raptors feed off of that. Yeah. No, I, I agree. Like, say what you will about Nick Nurse, but he gave Malachi a chance and Malachi mm-hmm. didn't jump off the page with it. And like Malachi was fine, I would say, in in these last couple months where he was in the rotation. But he he definitely didn't like say like oh he deserves it you shouldn't be trying other guys and I think Devin's definitely a defensive specialist at this point for Nurse, um, but his defense has been so good that you're kind of okay with it and and given the lack of position of like point of attack defenders that the Raptors have on speedy guards, mm-hmm. Doughton really pops because yeah like Fred taking a step back this season in that regard Gary's never been good at that. OG, you kind of need on other wings rather than guards. Scotty can't stay in front of guards. So he he becomes really important in these matchups with a guy like Ivy. So I think that's a good guy to bring up for sure. Downton, Downton's been really good in these last two games, I think. Um, I agree. Yeah, okay. Other than that, I don't know. I think, I, I again, I mentioned it. Precious and Scotty. Did not wake up on time for this one, but <laughs> in the fourth quarter, they they redeemed themselves uh, in a lot of ways because the offense completely ran through them in the fourth to start the fourth quarter, and they erased a, a lead. So that was good, but you know, five of seventeen from Scotty, three of eight from Precious, like not good enough if we're being honest. OG looking really rusty coming back from injury, two of seven offensively. Yeah, exactly. Like we've always seen that. For sure. And I think for most players. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Gary, we mentioned him. It wasn't his night, but he kept shooting and they needed him to keep shooting. I'm glad he kept shooting. Um, that's that's about it. Like That's why we started the show with Pascal. This was really a one-man show in a way I can't remember for a very long time. A basketball a Raptors game being like this was just yeah. a superstar performance. Didn't really matter what the teammates were doing because they weren't doing that much. Pascal um, 
just led the Raptors to a win and and the team defense, I think. OG's defense on uh Bogdanovich. That was huge. You know, holding him to 11 points on the night, you know. The only piston who scored more than 11 points tonight was was Bagley. So that that was a bit of an issue. Uh, an for issue sure. for me is when Pirtle isn't on the floor is you have to be able to rebound the ball when he's not on the floor. Yeah. Because he came in and was wreaking havoc in the paint. And, I mean, he did take – like, as soon as Pirtle came in, he was kind of, you know, uh, came down to earth a little bit. He tried to take a game winner that never stood a chance, that let running hook. But... Real quick, uh, good good decision by Scotty to, to foul him uh, the next play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where they were up three, Scotty intentionally fouled him to go send him to the free throw line. If anyone watched the crazy Clippers game last night, did you watch that? I passed out during the fourth quarter. I tried to watch it, but I was fair enough. Was you like, missed a good one, man. But but <laughs> the Clippers elected not to foul up three, and then the Kings hit a three and sent it to overtime. That was one of the great craziest games I've ever seen. The Clippers are just an absolutely hilarious team. But uh, yeah, it was a it was a smart play by Scotty. But sorry to cut you mm-hmm. off. No, you're good. That was that was the end of my uh, talk. Yeah, no, I'm I'm actually glad though you brought up the rebounding because even like you know, sixty two to forty six rebounds on the night, seventeen to ten offensive rebounds for the night, and I get I get it to an extent where you're like, okay, your center comes off the floor. It makes sense that you're not going to be able to rebound. But like, this is what the Raptors have been doing all season. They haven't had Purdo all season, and they've managed to rebound at, at an average rate in the league. So it's just about, I really think rebounding is one of those things. It's just about working, outworking your opponents, boxing out, attention to detail. And you're right. Like when Purdo went on the off the floor tonight, those guys just weren't doing that well enough. Precious got sent off back to the bench as soon as he missed a box out, and it was a Bagley tip-in. Mm-hmm. So I think the coaching staff is on them about that stuff. But you're right. The defense and the rebounding has to improve um, when Precious is your center. And I think it will just because we've seen it in the past. We've seen the rebounding be fine when they're really locked in. I don't think they were tonight. I agree. Uh, yeah, before we get out of here, Let's take some questions from the audience. I did like this one, but yeah, keep sending questions if you have any. I like this one from Chris Willis, though. How would you rank the Pearl trade in terms of immediate impact? I'm assuming we're talking about this season. What other trades that you know of had had such immediate impact? Obviously, the KD one, we haven't seen KD yet. He will have an immediate impact, <laughs> the biggest. Uh, I think he plays Wednesday for the first time for Phoenix. Is he? Yeah. So that been practicing? Yeah, he practiced, they said. And he should play Wednesday. So that's obviously going to be the biggest one. Um what else though? What what other trades have been bigger than than Pertle that you can think of? This year? Yeah. I mean the Lakers have looked much better with their new guys and Russ going out. That's probably one of the ones that comes to my head. But not many. Like this season, if we look in the past, I could definitely think of a couple um, for the Raptors. Like the Gasol one was huge. It just changed the way they played a little bit on offense when the Raptors brought him in. But this season, I think I think the Purtle one has had a big impact. The Raptors are four and zero when he starts. It's their first four game winning streak in a, of the season, and it comes as soon as he comes in. So 
Uh, did you find another one? Um, I I think honestly, unless I'm like forgetting someone obvious, Pirtle might be the second most. Kyrie biggest... too. Oh yeah, Kyrie. That, that was before the deadline. Yeah, Kyrie, Katie, and then Pirtle. Though I think unless I'm I'm missing someone because he has had a massive impact. I mean, he was the only non superstar to to get. Okay. It was Kyrie, KD, and then the Lakers for that package were the only other teams to send a first-round pick in this trade deadline beside the Raptors. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I do think it's looking more and more warranted just with his fit. And, and man, he just, like, looks so much better than when he was with the Spurs. Like, that game he played against us when he was a Spur before yeah. the trade deadline, he looks so bad. He and, wasn't trying, man. He, was he wasn't trying. <laughs> yeah, the only one I, I could think of is Josh Hart. Uh, he's had a big impact for the Knicks. He, has. he also was a first round pick, I believe. So I got that wrong. But yeah, he's Josh Hart, impact. he's had a big impact. Um, they're but, undefeated too with him, I believe. They're three now with him, I think. Oh, yeah. Maybe. Last night. They're a team that the Raptors are, are trying to catch, but yeah, they're playing really well. So, so. is Brooklyn, and Brooklyn just got throttled last night. Oh no, I am not worried about Brooklyn. Actually, really? I have a Brooklyn rant to go to go. Are you worried about Brooklyn in terms of like seeding? A little bit. I don't think they're bad enough to take such a drastic fall. I, I didn't think so, at least until last night. That might change my <laughs> mind. I didn't think they were they're capable of losing by that much with all the defenders and, and shooters they have. But I want to hear what you have to say. I gotta preface this with like a uh, a banner because i've been wanting to do this and even though this isn't the best platform to do it as a raptor show i just have thoughts on brooklyn like i feel like they're getting off the hook so easily where everyone in the media is like well the nets came off pretty good all things considered got a lot of picks got mccall bridges back you know they had to trade katie and Kyrie. things weren't going well they had to do it's like okay how many teams in the league right now have a worse first option than Mikal Bridges. Or is he the worst first first option in the league? Is he the worst except best for Detroit on a team in the league? Okay, saw, I'll give you Detroit. I'll give you Detroit. Yeah, Cade uh, is there, but I'll still give you Detroit this season. Yeah, in general, Cade's definitely better, but not. He's one of the worst best players for a team. So we're talking about a team that <laughs> traded Kyrie. James Harden for Ben Simmons, first of all. And mm-hmm. they had to trade Kevin Durant once they did those other two trades, but they never had to do those other two trades, in my opinion. They could have just waited and and made those guys walk in free agency if they really had the guts. But I just think, like, when you look at what the Nets have done, they're in a terrible situation. Like, yeah, they have some future picks from a Suns team with amazing players, including San Antonio, Booker, who, sorry, who's just, young. San Antonio? Yeah. San Antonio's fair. Okay, that's two teams that have worse best players than than the Nets. I just Houston? think like that's three. That's three. I, I'm looking at the standings. I think that's the only three I can pick. That's the only three, and it's like the goal of the NBA is to win a championship. You have okay. You have some young, exciting wings. You have some picks. You can now rebuild this thing and maybe be good one day, but not like you don't have a really exciting number one option to build around that you could that you like maybe theoretically could have got for KD or Kyrie. And my issue is just that they could have not traded Kyrie and therefore not traded KD 
and just gone for it this season. And then in the summer, yeah, maybe Kyrie walks and, and you don't get Spencer Dinwiddie and, and a pick and and whatever. But like you actually could have had a chance to win a championship. Maybe it was a 5% chance. I don't care. Like, why would you trade Kyrie? He, he wasn't going to sit. He had to play. He doesn't have leverage. He, he needs a new contract next season. So he would have played. I just hate everything about what they did. They basically gave up, in my opinion. They were like, Kyrie's too difficult. We're just going to trade him. Oh, KD, you want to trade? This is so shocking to us. Like, of course, KD's going to want to trade once you trade Kate, Kyrie. Mm-hmm. Um, they mismanaged the, the Harden situation by trading for literally Ben Simmons, who is not healthy and Worst is just bad now. <laughs> Worst contract, 100%. I think the Nets are getting off the hook way too easy. They have a terrible team. I'm, I think they're going to fall down the standings pretty quickly. Um, and yeah, that's, I think that's my rant. I don't think they're terrible. And I think they might squeak into the AC this year, but if they go into the next season with the exact same roster, the same makeup, I don't see them getting close. I see them as a lottery team, but with the way, uh, where they are in the standings and and the good vibes they've got right now, not saying that's going to stand because that good vibe never stands with Brooklyn. There's always going to be something, um, yeah, I agree with you a little bit, but I'm a little worried that they can hold off the Raptors just for a bit. You know, it's just a little worried. I think that's fair. Me. That's fair. They have a huge, they have a huge, like... Uh, They're what, nine above 500? Yeah, they, I don't know, but they have a huge gap in the standings for sure. So I wouldn't be shocked if they held off the Raptors and whatever for this season. But I do think their long-term outlook, like none of the picks they got are that sexy. None of the players they got are number Not one even the options. late Phoenix ones, you think? They like, could be, but we just don't know right now. We just don't know. There is it that's the, my problem with trading for picks in general is like they could be the 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 Dallas pick could be if Luca walks, but also there's a real chance that Luca and Booker are still there and then those picks are in the 20s and now what did you really do? So There are 5 games back by the way. Yeah, five games back in Brooklyn with twenty games, so we'll see. We'll see. And the Knicks, are, I don't think they get to the Knicks. I think I see them around the seventh seed if things hold yeah. up. I think but, ideally you get the Nets in in that first play-in game. That's a really? easy wash. <laughs> That's like easy win. Oh my god! If the I'd Raptors have to be got at the home Nets to maybe in the play-in call it a game, wash. I'd have to, it'd have to be at home for me for it to be an easy wash. Bro, Mikal Bridges <laughs> is not beating us. <laughs> How much did he have against us on the Suns, though? Yeah, but he was he was on the Suns with like I just think that once the it's the same thing with like the McMillan the Nate McMillan thing and teams like go through changes and they get this bump and they have a couple good games, but then things come back to reality for them, and I think that's going to happen with the Nets. Like they have some good players, but the team as a whole just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. And especially in the playoffs or like a one-off play-in game, I just like Pascal Siakam over Mikal Bridges. You know, like I, like I just Pascal think... Siakam, I like Fred Van Vliet. Exactly. Like... It's like, I just don't, that's not a playoff <laughs> team right now at all. Um, yeah, okay. I, I can agree. Let's move on. So Supreme Schemes asks, who can the Raptors target in the off season to address the lack of three-point shooting? especially if they have to trade, pay Trent, Fred, and Pirtle. 
So I guess we're talking about a mid-level exception guy in the like up to $10 million range. I will say they have Otto Porter Jr. who they'll probably He's going to opt in, right? I would imagine he opts in and he should be healthy by next season. That's a three-point shooter. Um, I still like his fit if he can be healthy next season. But are there any like pending free agents you can think of? I'm trying to pull up. The yeah, we got to pull right up now. 2023 uh, NBA free agents. I also think like a backup point guard would be nice. Maybe one who can shoot. Um, what would you think of Russell? D'Angelo Russell. Well, I don't think he fits into that money bracket. <laughs> right? Uh, he doesn't. I'm trying to look. Uh, it was just the first name I saw. Um, Alec Burks, we just saw today. Yeah. Maybe. Seth Curry. I don't know if those guys are right. quite at the mid-level ex- uh, exception, though. Yeah, probably. It'd have to be someone like Kobe White or Corey Joseph. No, get both of those guys. I, I'm not, not even down. Corey Joseph? Oh, I don't like Corey. I mean, I like him as a player person, but he's just getting old, and it's very evident, I think. He's definitely in the one? tail end of his career. What about this one? Terrence Davis is a unrestricted free agent this offseason. I don't like it just because I don't think he can play defense. Yeah, I loved him that one season. He was great that one season, twenty twenty. He was he he has some skills for sure, but I feel like he likes to have the ball a little mm-hmm. bit. And like, what we really need is just a guy who can spot up for three or like get them. He's obviously not like a point guard at all. Yeah. What about Austin Rivers? I just saw that one too. I would like Austin Rivers. I feel like he brings grit to this team. That yeah. you know, you don't really have that type of trash talker like, like. Austin Rivers. I'd like that off the bench. And he's been serviceable for Minnesota. He started a few games for them uh, before they got Conley. So, yeah, I'd like that, obviously. And the only other name I could really see would be Dragic, and we know that's not happening. So, not many options. No, not not that many. Or Schroeder, um, because they they had interest in uh, this offseason, if I'm correct. So, maybe that's the one. But he's not really a shooter. No, but but he does some of the things you need, and yeah. and he's been playing really well for the Lakers. He would have really helped the Raptors, I think. I agree. He's been yeah. if he's in a good role, like he was starting a lot, which I didn't like for them. But ever since he's come off the bench, I feel like that's the perfect role for him. And he's not playing alongside Russell Westbrook. That helps too. Yeah. And someone he, asked Malik Beasley, a free agent. That's another he guy. He is, but um. I don't think the Raptors want to pay like in the 10 million range, a guy who basically like is just a shooter. They've never gone after, after those types of players. Like other, like Wieskamp is on their bench, but he's a minimum contract kind of thing. They never like paid for players who are only shooters. I think they Mm -hmm. need guys. They really like versatile players who can either play defense or handle the ball. Beasley is just like completely a hot or cold shooter. And yeah, I don't see that. Yeah. Well, I do want like a movement shooter on this team really badly, though. Bogdanovich would be great. <laughs> Which on this one? Team. The one we just played. I like the other one. Maybe. Yeah, the other one would also be good. Okay. <laughs> but uh, Detroit feel. I feel like Detroit's gonna ask a lot for him. And I feel like if they kept yeah. him through this season, through this fifteen win season, I feel like they're gonna keep him when they get Cade back and and have him there because it seems like they like him yeah 
there's a lot of good free agents, Clarkson, Kuzma, but these guys are all going to get a ton of money this this summer. <laughs> all right, I think that's great. 30 minutes, we hit our mark. Um, before we go, Canem, Taxman of the game. Let's do that. Who's who's uh? I'll pull up the box. I mean, sorry, we know who it is. It's Pascal Siakam. <laughs> Usually we'll you don't his... like to give it to him, but like when he carries yeah. this badly, like it feels like he's forcing you to give it to him because there's no one you could possibly give it to other than yeah. him. Both ends. Definitely. Absolutely Pascal amazing. with a with a ridiculous performance. Here he is spinning around um Bagley. And then here he is just after that, making livers fall on the floor. So Pascal Siakam. Oh yeah. Look at you. <laughs> <laughs> is our Canem tax man of the night? Go to canemtax.com or call the number at the top of your screen because tax season is right around the corner. And I know everyone got to get their taxes in. Canem tax is a great way to do it. They'll get you the money back that you deserve. And then, sorry, audience, hang in with us. I, I do appreciate it. Um, we got one more quick ad read, which is Manscaped. It's already on the screen. Um, yeah, go to manscaped.com and use the promo code RAPUP, R-A-P-U-P, and you'll get 20% off all Manscaped products and free shipping in Canada or the United States. Um, they have a ton of great products, including the, the Mans, what's it called? The Manscaper? Let's see their bestsellers. The Lawnmower, that's what it's called. I got the Lawnmower. I've been really happy with it great product but yeah they have like all types of creams and, and other stuff like that uh manscaped good products go there 20 percent off go get yourself a gift get your significant other a gift um whatever it is again r-a-p-u-p that's the code all right thanks for hanging hanging with us <laughs> um that's it though the raptors once again beat the detroit pistons 95 91 They've now won seven of their last games. Uh, Sorry, seven of their last eight games and four in a row for the Raptors. So trending in the right direction for sure, making a playoff push. And we'll be back to document the rest of the games. Uh, We'll be back on Monday, I think. Tomorrow. Next one. Sorry, tomorrow for the next one as the Raptors play the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, Until then, have a great day. We'll see you then. Bye. Thank you.